welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast, hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I am your host, the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin, and I have my guy with me, Cameron Fields. Cam, what's good with you, my guy? We're getting basketball back in 15 days, 15 more days. Man, it's crazy. You know, I can't believe that it's coming in a couple weeks, basically. Like, you know, we're going to really see some basketball. I'm looking forward to the trash talk. I'm looking forward to the mic'd up trash talk. That's all I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that as well. And honestly, I mean, before we hopped on this podcast, we were talking about bubble life. And I know everybody's on social media. I know all of you are on there. And to be honest with you, bubble life does not look all that bad. I mean, you're chilling out in a hotel room it, with some hey, of your that best That looks friends. like freshman year college. That's college, college dorm. That's exactly what it looks like. You got a pool out yeah. back. It's like it's like college on steroids at this point. Right. You, got, you got food delivered to you. I, I mean, like you know, it, it, it doesn't but look more if you want. Yeah, I mean, you and you know, just wear your mask and you're good. Like, I mean, what more? Got all the other NBA for? players to chill with. You know, exactly. You got your boys to hang out with. You got pools out back you've got basketball 24 7 you got cornhole you got ping pong you got video games what more could you ask for i mean to be honest with you it it looks kind of dope to me uh, with that being said there have been a lot of major major changes surrounding the philadelphia 76ers and guys brett brown has finally done it he has moved ben simmons to the power forward position and he has had shake milton as the starting point guard so far in the beginning of training camp. And that means Al Horford's going to the bench. Yeah, Al Horford is going to the bench. Obviously, Cam, this is an early, early, early type of uh, move that Brett Brown has made right now. But as the season does approach and it gets a little bit closer, you have to believe that this is a move that he's definitely going to move forward with. You really do. And, I mean, I said, you know, I was talking with you on Twitter uh, last night, uh, the DMs. I said I was going to come with the heat today. So I, okay. I don't know if y'all have seen that video uh, where Ben Simmons made the three in practice. Now, I understand it is practice, and I'm not just saying the video, but overall, the team looked really good in that video. And the way they're going now with Ben Simmons at the four, I, I, I could see them, you know, coming out of the first round. Like, I could legitimately oh. And so, or I couldn't see it, like, at all, unless, like, they played India, ended up playing Indiana or something like that. But they're likely going to, if everything stays the same, they'll end up playing Boston in the first round. And I think if they stick with Ben Simmons at the four, where he can be a lot more, as, as Bretta said, dynamic, uh, they have a really good chance of coming out of the first round. So, so that's my change of heart, Kai, that, that I mentioned. Wow, Cameron, <laughs> do my ears deceive me? This man, throughout this entirety of this podcast, has been like, no, there's no way they got around one. There's no way. <laughs> they're losing to Boston. They can't beat Boston. Oh, they're but they, they, they couldn't as, as the way that they had it. They couldn't, though. Listen, listen, I, I, will, I will agree that when I said that they will – Definitely beat Boston, and I think that they would that they could beat Miami. Um, I, I I couldn't say with a hundred percent confidence of a hundred percent. Right. Um, I just 
I did feel, though, that Philly was a bigger than Boston. And even though the Celtics had Tatum and Brown and Kemba and Gordon Hayward, I just I didn't believe that they were going to be able to match up with Philadelphia size wise. Now, Miami was a different story because of the zone defense that Spolstra just coaches circles around Brett Brown each and every time the Heat and the Sixers match up. Now, with this move of Ben Simmons to, I guess, he's not really truly a power forward. He's right. like a like a point forward. Point, point forward, yeah. He's like the definition of one. Now, how do you feel like they're going to be able to match up against Miami's zone? That's what, that was kind of one thing I was thinking lately because, you know, obviously if you want to beat a zone, you have to have some type of spacing on the floor. You got to be able to right. dump that ball in Joel and a couple of different things that you're going to have to do. And we talk about Shake Milton moving into the starting point guard. How do you feel like a lot of that is going to uh, really combat a team like the Heat and how they really implement that zone defense? Well, I mean, you know, with against any team, not just the Heat, having Ben Simmons at the four is going to create a lot more movement, uh, especially for him. It's going to be able to help him, you know, take advantage of any sort of matchups that he sees. And against the zone in particular, you know, the importance with the zone is being able to attack that middle, but also being able to attack the weak spots behind the zone. So right. he can serve as kind of like a, a dunker spot kind of guy. Um, now, Embiid, you know, at the five, that's still kind of a, uh, a little bit of a spacing issue, but not as too much since Simmons will be off the ball more. I think Embiid will still be a spacing issue because he's still not there in terms of being a three-point shooter. You still need to have him uh, down low more times than not. So if they can find, you know, some creative ways to do some, like, high lows, you know, where maybe Ben is in the post and then Embiid feeds them or something or vice versa, then that, that could be very beneficial. So I think that that's, that's going to have to be something that they go with, uh, also using Ben uh, behind, like going behind the zone as well in that dunker spot. Yeah, because a lot of it is you, you have to try to get as much attention away from Joel Embiid as you can. And like a, a, lot, a lot of it really is trying to create enough space for Joel to go to work. And I don't care who Miami throws at him, whether it be Bam Adebayo, Matt Myers Leonard, Kelly Olenek, you know, whoever they decide to throw at him, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, Joel will kill him, you know, if, 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 he, if they match up with him one-on-one. The issue is whenever Miami throws in that zone, the Sixers always have a lot of issues getting the ball to Joel. So if yeah. you can get a guy like Ben and the way he can, A, finish around the basket – B, the way he's able to handle the ball from from that point, and then also C, the vision that he has from that spot as well and with Joel, and as you mentioned earlier, the high-low attack that they can really roll with, all of a sudden the Sixers are just a, a lot more dynamic. And then you're spreading those guys with Shake Milton, who, again, Shake Milton shot 51.2% from deep over the final 20 games heading into league suspension in March. And yeah, he, the, he's a knockdown shooter. They have confidence in him to be able to step in and at least, obviously, he's not going to shoot 51%. But if he can carry that over into this restart down in Orlando, all of a sudden the Sixers are looking a lot more dynamic. Then you have Josh Richardson, who is a – I've always said it. Josh Richardson, to me, is a much better three-point shooter than what he's shown this year. I think he's shooting uh, 32% when really he's a career 36 37% shooter. So if he gets closer to that um, – 
to that number, Philadelphia looks a little bit better offensively. And Tobias Harris as well. And we talk about Tobias Harris and, and how he's going to fit in, whether it be small forward, power forward, whatever it works. Tobias shooting three-pointers is going to change a lot of different things up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Cam, we're looking at a Philadelphia team, and you're bringing Al Horford off the bench. Right. And right. Al Horford is a guy who has been to the Eastern Conference Finals three times in his career, once with Atlanta, twice with Boston. And if you can get Horford back to where he was uh, prior to his time with Philadelphia, just to get him enough space, have him be more of a uh, defensive presence and have him be more of a offensive focal point at center when Joel's off the floor, all of a sudden the Sixers are just there in a much better dynamic space uh, for them moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, just going off I – know, I know the video was practice. I know it was practice, but just going off that video, their, their pace looked really good. Um, I, I think that that's something that's going to be very important for them is their pace because Ben Simmons is one of the fastest players in the league from end to end. And then his ability to, to burst, you know, in the half court and get to the rim is very good as well. So having that increased pace is going to be very important. Tobias Harris, he plays very well um, in transition with Ben Simmons. And just going into him more, like you were talking about with the fit, I think that if they have that better spacing, it's just going to be so much better for him because he's a really good catch-and-shoot kind of guy, um, especially like from the wings, um, from, from around the short corner area. So having that spacing is going to do wonders for him. And, and if, if the Sixers can have better spacing overall compared to what they did in regular season, they have a, a really good chance to, to, you know, even maybe get past the second round um, if they get, I mean, no, no, that, that's if they get past the first round. Hey. But if they get past that first round, then they also have, you know, a good chance in the second round as well, I think. Well, yeah, the spacing is always the biggest issue with this team. And, and, and that was always my biggest thing with Philadelphia whenever we talk about the Sixers and their chances. This team could lose round one, but they could also make the NBA Finals. It's just how talented this team is. It's how talented they are. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are two top 15 players. Tobias Harris is a borderline all-star. Josh Richardson is a very good player. Al Horford is a very good player. And then you throw in, you know, young pieces, young shooters like Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz and, uh, you know, a couple of different guys that you can really throw in there and be confident in. Glenn uh, Robinson, Robinson the third. The third having a good year shooting the ball, too. Alec Burks as well. Yeah. So the Sixers always had a team, always had a team that was so frustrating to really figure out because they're so unpredictable. They could go deep in the playoffs, but they could also flame out round one and then they would have to kind of start over with what they want to do. Um, but this move of Ben Simmons to the four is a, a huge, huge step for them. I mean, it could be, it's, it's game changing. It really is. And, you know, Brett talked about it. You know, when Ben came in here, we had no choice. And this, and, and this was Brett's words. He said, you know, we had no choice. We didn't have a Chris Paul. We didn't have a Damian Lillard. There was no point guard for him to kind of push out. So it basically was, here you go, Ben. We know you can handle the ball. You're six foot ten. You never played point bring it up. before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, somebody's got to bring the ball up. And it was either going to be Ben Simmons or Sergio Rodriguez. So, like, those were your two options. I, I couldn't even remember who it was. Like, the yeah, fact that you can't remember who it was, 
I'm like, you know, that, that, that just shows, yeah, they had no choice. It's like, I mean, who else is going to play the point guard? Like, exactly, exactly. Rodriguez was their point guard the year Simmons was hurt. You know, Simmons, quote unquote, rookie year when he was hurt. Rodriguez was running the point for them. So when Simmons came back and was ready to go, you know, Rodriguez was gone and Ben, they were like, here, take it. So that the was only, how- Yeah, the only other time they had a choice was when Jimmy Butler was here, was at right. the team last year. And then they was like, okay, like we can like run Jimmy on the point on it, you know, sometimes. But other than that, like they didn't have a choice. They really didn't have, they really didn't have any other option. And, and it's interesting that you brought up Jimmy Butler because Philadelphia has done this in the past in the playoffs. You know, they've taken the ball out of Ben's hands and kind of tried different ways to make him more dynamic and, and help the team offensively. Last year, they gave the ball to Jimmy and they had him run the, move the ball up the floor. And uh, to be honest with you, I feel like that was a little late in the year just because they did that in the second round against Toronto rather than the first round against Brooklyn or trying it late in the regular season. No, it was semi I think they tried. From what I remember, I thought they did do it a little bit late in the regular season, like here and there. It was like here and there, but not enough to where the team yeah. was going to feel comfortable with it. And, and, and that was Jimmy's issue on J.J. Reddick's podcast. He was like, yo, this is too late. Like, you should have just yeah. – you know, we should have done this earlier. Um, but as far as, as this team is right now – when you got Shake, who was running the point guard, essentially when Ben was hurt, was hurt towards the end of the league suspension, Shake has experience. Josh Richardson can handle the ball. Alec Burks can handle the ball. Yeah, um, also, with this new rotation, my guess is Howell Neto is going to factor back into the rotation as well. He's not going to play a lot. He'll play like maybe somewhere between five to ten minutes a night. But Howell Neto is going to really factor into the rotation as well and have him handle the ball as well. So the Sixers are, have a lot of different options they can turn to to handle the ball. It's not just Ben Simmons right now. Back in the day, had no option. It, 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 was, it was either Ben Simmons or whoever. So moving forward, this is definitely going to be very interesting. This is why this playoffs for the Sixers, Cam, it's so interesting to me. It's it so really, it really now it, yeah now it's really get interesting. Before I was like ah nah that's it like they're done, but now I'm like oh this could be this they could do something they you know. <laughs> I mean, listen, there's a lot going on with this team, man. I mean, Brett Brown's job is on the line. We all know that. If Philadelphia flames out round one, we'll be on this podcast talking about his reminiscing the Brett Brown era and looking forward to whoever they'll hire as a new as a new head coach. Brett Brown's job is on the line here. They have a new, um, you know, lineup rotation here with Ben and Shake and Al coming off the bench. And now we're looking at how Ben and Joel are going to work down low rather than a tandem of the one and the five. You got Tobias swinging between the three and the four. And we're, we're talking about a guy in Al Horford, who is a proven all-star. That's something a lot of people really do forget. Al Horford is an, all, is an all-star who's had a very successful NBA career. It hasn't worked out in Philly, but if he can come off the bench and give the Sixers anything to where he was with Atlanta or, or, or Boston and, and that dynamic, you know, play that he can offer. And not to mention Cam, he's a leader and he's yeah, stepping up more as a leader. He's being more vocal, being that veteran. This is good for Philadelphia, man. Like, like if you're, if you're a Sixers fan and you're, and you're hearing all of this, you have to be excited about your team's chances right now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Al Horford bringing that veteran voice. 
I mean, he, he's been he, – he has really good years with the Hawks, and he had some pretty good years um, with the Boston Celtics. Um, now I think that his ability to work with, you know, Glenn Robinson III, Alec Burks, Matisse Stiebel, uh, Furkan Korkmaz coming off the bench, that's going to be solid because Matisse Stiebel, um, he has some similarities with Marcus Smart. Um, you know, yeah. how, like you mentioned, uh, Howell Nettle. Uh, which should be getting some more run, not too much, but a, a little bit more in the rotation. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz is probably the best shooter off the bench uh, for Philly right now. Alec Burks was having a career year with Golden State uh, before being traded. Glenn Robinson III also having a really good year. So, so that bench is looking, you know, miles better with Al Horford being the leader. Uh, and then also just going back to Ben Simmons, I think what people kind of overlook in his game is that he's a very underrated post player. I mean, yeah. he can create a lot of space down low because he's so strong, and he can just just bully guys down there. And if him and Joel Embiid take turns in the post with Embiid spacing the floor as like you know almost like a decoy, then that's going to create opportunities for other players as well. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting, man. It really is. Sixers get underway July 24th against the Memphis Grizzlies in a first scrimmage game. They play three scrimmage games, and then their first official seeding game is, uh, I guess, regular season seeding game, whatever you want to call it, August 1st against the Indiana Pacers. Now, you brought up Matisse Thibel, and uh, Cam, have you seen these inside the bubble videos from Matisse? I I haven't. Re- I seen like a little bit of him. So I saw the one where like he was like showing his food or whatever, and okay. I was like, I don't know. I don't see me personally. I don't see the fascination with like who, what they're eating and whatnot. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Re- I really don't care. But- no, no, listen, listen. I hear that. I'm with that. I personally <laughs> don't give a damn what the hell you're eating. I just don't. But Cam, these first two videos that he's posted, they're ten minutes each. Yeah. And. It's interesting because it's literally taking you inside the bubble yeah. and kind of yeah, like I think that that's cool. Yeah. And 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 like the first video was kind of the team hopping on the plane. Uh, he was playing "Welcome Back" from Fabulous in the background. Like 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 as the team hopped on the plane, it was kind of cool. And okay. you know they flew down to Orlando. They got their stuff. They took their tests, coronavirus tests, and everything. Which again, to my knowledge, no Sixer has tested positive. Yeah. Um, so again, this is good news for for Sixers and, and their fans moving forward. The only issue is Ryan Brokoff, who he, he revealed his wife has COVID, and that's why he is not with the team in Orlando. But but these Matisse videos, Cam, are uh, they're very interesting. Kind of an inside look at practice, an inside look at uh, how he's like setting up his room. He got snacks and things like that. It was like he's like talking to Tobias on the phone. Kind of cool. Definitely yeah, kind of cool. I think, uh, like you were, we were saying earlier, like the the bubble life does actually look pretty cool. I mean, you know, it, it's just like a like a you know getaway hoop tournament, like you know, just AAU AAU tournament. Like it's like, hey, the best of the best is is conversion down onto Orlando. We're just gonna we're just gonna hoop. You know, there's not gonna be any fans. Uh, it's gonna be like like a pickup kind of atmosphere. I think so. It should be pretty cool to watch and and that trash talk. I think people are gonna be be a little bit shocked to hear what like comes out of players mouths because you know it can get it can get real ruthless on that court I mean just even playing pickup I know um you know people get ruthless on the basketball court so it, it, it doesn't matter who who it is you know no one no one is safe <laughs> no nobody's safe 
nobody. This whole thing, Cam, is going to be very interesting. It's going to be very historic. And I'm telling you, when ESPN does their 30 for 30 on the, uh, you know, on the bubble life, they're going to be turning to Matisse and be like, hey, hey yo, give, give us what you got. We'll give you credit and money and everything else. But like, give us what you got. Like, So I feel like it's going to be very interesting. Now, before before we segue in the next topic, um, Cam, did you know Jimmy Butler works hard? <laughs> hey, I saw this tweet from you <laughs> yesterday. And yeah, I saw the video uh, Chris Haynes had about, you know, Jimmy Butler dribbling, you know, in his room. It's like, it's like come on, dude. Like, you know, just, just chill. Because, I mean, Cam, I had no idea. Jimmy Butler works hard. I thought that, like, he just kind of, like, sits at home. Yeah. This is news to you? Wow. Like, did, I didn't know that. Did you know that? <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I'm just now figuring this out myself. Wow. I mean, as if, he, as if he and his camp didn't have to let us know that the first 20 times. He had to let us know another time that, that he's working out, hardworking. Like, okay, Jimmy, we get it, dude. Like, you work hard. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, but hey, that's that's that dedication though. That's that uh you ever see the scene where uh they're dribbling where Denzel where Jesus Shuttlesworth and his dad, Jake Shuttlesworth, Denzel Washington are dribbling the basketball in the room, it's going back and forth. That's that's that. I mean listen, I hear it. Yeah. I get it. But exactly. I mean, that's also like a dope movie. With Jimmy, it's Phenomenal. like with with Jimmy, you're getting like a like a, um I wanna say like a loop. Of, of just like the same message over and over again. Yeah. And it's like, Jimmy, we get it. You're up at 3 a.m., which I'm not buying. Like, you're up at maybe five or six, like regular oh, no. he people. Might, he might be up at three now. Uh, 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 I'm not buying it. <laughs> hey, if I could go hoop at like one, I'm up at one anyway. And if people are willing to hoop, I would go hoop, especially right now. Hey, I mean, it, you know what? I actually just found out, like, by me, um, the Stockton University reopened their basketball courts and they had the lights on till four in the morning. So, I mean, like, that is somewhere that I legit might use at some point. So, I'm just saying, like, you know, sometimes you'd be bored, be like one o'clock, and it'd be like, man, I ain't even tired. Like, let me just go hoop real quick <laughs> or something. Hey, as if you can get it in, you can always get it in. That's all. That's oh, all that God. matters. All right, so. I want to end off this podcast with, um, with, with I want to get your feel for Philadelphia's chances now coming out of the East. Like, do you think now with these moves that they can at least challenge a Milwaukee or a Toronto or a Boston? I don't know if they can challenge Milwaukee because Milwaukee is so strong, but I, I do think, yeah, they, they can challenge um, Boston and Toronto. Toronto, I think will be harder than Boston because Toronto is is about comparable in size uh, to Philly. Now they're bad, yeah, their backcourt is small, but other than that, uh, they're a relatively big team. So, you know, I, I think that Toronto matches up pretty well with Philly, but Boston, yeah, I, I could see where people are like, oh, Philly, you know, um, is bigger than them size-wise, and, and they could challenge, I, I think they could challenge Boston uh, the best out of those three teams. I think that the Sixers can still make like a surprise run to the finals. I do. I, I mean, like, I'm not, I, again, I can't say that with hundred percent confidence. Cause like you said, Milwaukee is whew, whew. Very every time. And every time the playoffs roll around, I'm telling you, Eric Bledsoe 
fades away. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's another guy who fades away a little bit in the playoffs. You got Giannis, who is, you know, a freak, literally. And then Wesley Matthews sometimes has a tendency of fading away in the playoffs. And then you got Brooke Lopez, who do you trust Brooke Lopez to go up against? I don't know. Dude was clipping last playoffs. He was. Uh, he was until the conference finals. Hey, that man was not missing. He was yeah. up until about, like, I want to say midway through game two against Toronto in the conference yeah. finals. I was like, hmm, he, he, he's losing it. He's looking like Brooke Lopez from Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this, uh, uh, which he was still a good player. Brooke Lopez in Brooklyn still a great, great player. He didn't but like that jumper though. Yeah, he didn't. And like that was kind of like, uh, I see. I can't. I can't like bet. Put all my chips in on the Bucks. I just can't. I agree. It's, it's one of those things to where like, um, you know, like everybody with Toronto was like, oh, Kyle Lowry has approved it to me in the playoffs, and Demar Derozan right. has approved it to me in the playoffs, and everything else. Like right. with Milwaukee, it's like, okay, Brooke Lopez has approved it to me in the playoffs. As has Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. And everybody else. But Giannis, I mean, we all know what Giannis is. The guy is an MVP. He's probably going to win again this year. You know, it's probably either going to be him with LeBron. So it's going, to, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that turns out. Um, a couple of house cleaning duties around the NBA. Russell Westbrook did test positive for coronavirus. But what I'm hearing is, uh, like, he's still going to go to Orlando, I think, on – I think today, actually. Today, Wednesday, the 15th, he's supposed to travel to Orlando. So I know James Harden, uh, he had that delayed arrival and he came in last night. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully Russell Westbrook's doing okay. Um, you know, wishing him the best. Nikola Jokic apparently recovered. I don't know if you saw that, but Jokic is in Orlando too. Like he yeah. just got to, and Jokic tested positive, uh, for coronavirus. I think, I think it was two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, early July. Yeah, it, was, something I, like that. it was before they even went to, right. Uh, before they were even, you know, in it. Yeah. Right. So I do believe that he tested positive for, for it two weeks ago. But apparently he's made a full recovery, and now he's back. Now he's in Orlando with his team. Uh, you know, getting everything set for the Denver Nuggets. Also, speaking of Orlando, former Sixer forward, James Ennis III, he tested positive for coronavirus. But oh, he is at – I didn't hear about this. Yeah, he tested positive. That's why he was – he didn't join the Magic. But – this morning, they, this morning they announced he's fully recovered. He cleared everything. Two negative tests. He's practicing today with the Magic. So, okay. James, so James Ennis III, he's all set and ready to go for Orlando. Markel Fultz actually just arrived to the, bubble, to the bubble today as well. He wasn't there not because anything COVID-related. It was a personal matter that he had to attend to. So that, that's why Markel Fultz uh, wasn't there with the Magic. So, Cam, final thoughts, man. Man, I just wanted to say I, I feel like now – you know, I, I don't know if the bubble is going to work out in the end. But right now, it definitely seems like the NBA is following all of the protocols very strictly, very well. I think it's good that, yeah, they had that in-market testing uh, before all the teams came. And it's like, okay, we, we can get a gauge for who's sick, who's not, who, who's positive, who's not. And if you're positive, it's like, hey, you're not coming with us just yet because we right. can't have that. We can't have a spread. And so... And then also having that daily testing, if you find someone who is positive, who is within the bubble, and it's like, okay, hey, like Michael Beasley, it's like, hey, you can go back, like go back home, isolate, and things like that. So I think they're really um, handling it well in terms of managing everything and being like, hey, we're, we're, we're making sure we're on our P's and Q's with this. 
Yeah, from what I'm from what I'm understanding with Beasley for Brooklyn, apparently he tested positive like before he even got into the hotel. I mean, he was in the bubble per se, but like I guess like he didn't really get to the hotel to say it was kind of it was like this report by Sham Sharanya over at the Athletic. I, I didn't really like look too much into it. I'm just kind of going off of what I've been reading and seeing, and then they just completely got him out of there quick. So yeah. a, as you mentioned, it really just seems like the NBA is on their 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 P's and Q's with this and making sure that everybody is safe. Um, speaking of a bubble, the TBT tournament just finished up and they, I think like they had the same type of bubble. It's not like to this extent that the NBA is using, but the TBT tournament tested these guys every day. Um, in the last like four days of that tournament, when they tested those guys, they had zero positive results each of those four days. So if the TBT tournament can pull it off, I, I understand the TBT is not nearly as huge as the right. NBA, but it kind of gives you a a sense that maybe sports can come back safely. For example, baseball starts exactly one week. I am low key excited for that, even though the Detroit Tigers are going to go like ten and fifty. So I'm I'm like I'm I'm accepting that <laughs> the Tigers are not a good baseball team. I'm okay with that. We're in a rebuild. Detroit, they're going to grow back up. But I'm excited for that. I'm hoping we can get sports back and we can move forward as a society. Basketball returns in fifteen days. Um, if you really want to break it down, scrimmages start next week, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. So, for Cameron Fields, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer. 